Hello everyone, welcome to Humans Podcast. I'm Luke McCredden and coming to you with a new episode. This is a new series within the human show. Um, since everything's been a bit strange and locked down and a bit crazy, I haven't done a hell of a lot of catching up with people to do the normal programming of humans, so to speak. But what we've decided to do is create a new series and I've teamed up with my great friend Matt Peake, who has featured on the podcast before, and we've created what we're calling Humans in 30-ish. Now, that sounds weird, um, but it makes a little bit of sense if you think about it. Uh, the 30-ish relates to these episodes, uh, not long form. They're going to be about 30 minutes, 30-ish. I didn't want to commit to 30 or 25 or to 35. It's 30-ish, you know, you get it. Um, and... What we're going to do within this, these episodes are come up with two topics each. Matt and I will have two topics that we want to talk about, but neither of us will actually share those topics with each other until we start recording the episode, giving it a bit of um, a surprise element. Um, anyway, that's how it's going to pan out. And this is episode one and had lots of fun doing it. So in this episode, you'll hear what I'm calling the gin movement. I'm talking about gin, the drink. Uh, Matt brings up the quite serious issue of the Karen movement. Um, then I get into an area I'm not super comfortable with, which is American politics um, and Donald Trump in particular, but you'll, you'll get what I'm talking about. Um, the bloke isn't stable in my eyes, obviously. And then we round out the show with Matt completely throwing me off guard and um, goes a bit rogue on Rove. Anyway, check it out. This is Humans in 30-ish, episode one. Luke McCredden and Matt Peake. Actually holding it right here in my hand, Matt. I want to talk to you about gin. Oh. Yeah. Oh. I want to talk to you about gin. I'm calling it um, what's <clears throat> happened over the last couple of years in my mind as the gin movement. Mm. How do you feel okay. about that? The gin movement. Um, yeah, I, I, I think it's it's somehow, you know, through some local innovation, you know, that I'm only aware of is that it's gone from like a, a generic spirit to something that's quite can be boutique and almost, mm. you know, the, 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 if you have a, what is it? A, is it a distillery for a gin? Yeah. If you had a, yeah. yeah. That, that it can be more than gin. Yeah. And I think we've realized gin is, is more than what it actually is, which I always just found it a very emotional spirit <laughs> that didn't add much in terms of flavor, but, but certainly caused a lot of chaos emotionally. But yeah. now we're, we're, it's becoming more like a palatable, yeah. there's different kinds, there's different mixes. I, I, I it's I, I like the fact that you've raised it. Well, it's interesting. It's 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 not new. It's been around um, and available forever. But the surge in popularity is the thing that interests me. And over the last, as I said, year and year or two, for, for, from through my eyes, it's become it's become huge. And and you're right. And you touched on there. I feel like um, there's a, a a craft element to it. We, we've seen the boom in craft beers and and so forth. And um, I, I feel like. It, what people are doing now with with gin is is creating that sort of 
their own little like there's wine, a lot of wineries now are just doing a side mm. like it's like a side hustle they're doing a gin because it's something they can do they've they're set up to do that sort of thing and but yeah. the more you you sort of dive into it it, it, it you, you sort of it's a real art and it's a real craft that that people that are across this sort of thing are putting a lot of effort into and and you know what I love about it and one of the reasons I think it's really um, kicked off um, I, I feel like it's a it's it's kind of a, a hands-on beverage you know you can you can be really creative with it um, you can be pretty stock standard and just roll with you know as it comes sort of thing but you can really do your own thing with it and make it your own and give it your own little twist I feel like that part of it uh, interests a lot of people and it's got a lot of people on board is it like though for you that you did you want this to happen like did you expect it to happen like was there something back in your childhood like you know gin and juice with Snoop Dogg like because that never really cut through to like oh wow I need to try gin it was just more like a gangster thing but no. like, is there something that's been that you're happy with the progress mm. of gin love it I think the progress is magnificent and and um I I feel like I don't know why or when or where I really started enjoying it um it's fair to say, Matt, that between you and I, we've knocked a few bottles of gin over together. So mm. maybe mm. Um, you could be partly to blame. I'm not sure, uh, but but I do. I love it. I'm I'm really into it, and I've um, had a really great time discovering new brands and and new. I'm lucky too. I've got a few distilleries close to home, and I feel like there's mm. that local element, which is you know you feel good about purchasing from. But I don't know. Um, I'm certainly not complaining about it. I think it's a great progression in the beverage industry. Has it uh, replaced something for you? Have you have you have you dropped something to to put gin into your repertoire? Well, I, it's a great question. Uh, I've probably, you know, I've probably gone from sticking with say a beer all night um, to having a couple of beers maybe, and then a couple of gins to finish the night or something like that. Whereas um, before you would have had say six beers, but just every night are you talking <laughs> because well, probably I, I, not. No, no, yeah, yeah. But let's let's say in you know in in a sitting I've had six beers. Now it might be two beers and a two gins. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I think from a, it's probably lower in in carbohydrates and and various sugars, um, pending what you have it with. But then again, it. It, it, how does it rank in in terms of spirits of its potency? That's something I'm I'm not sure of. Jim. Yeah, I think I think for for the majority of it, and look, there are there are all sorts of different levels. Um, and if you have a have a bit of a bit of a search around, even within brands, and I'll use um, Four Pillars as example, there are different strengths with a few of the um, bottles that they make. But um, you know, usually around that forty to forty four percent alcohol mark is where it sits typically. You'd certainly say in this country that brand has, it's it's like uh, you know Nike and, and Air Jordan with with the basketball boot or the high top. Mm. It seems gin has has done that for sorry Four Pillars has done that for gin. Totally, it's yeah. it's, it's it's done something to. I mean, I couldn't name a gin before Four Pillars. Yeah, as as a non gin drinker, whereas you know you could name a, a Smirnoff vodka <laughs> or a, you yeah. know a Jim Beam. But, yeah, yeah, you know, gotcha. Yeah, whereas gin, gin never really had that, but now they have that, and yeah. and it's it's at a quality, 
And that's, I think that's 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 exciting. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Now I'm all for the gin movement. That's where I stand with it. I wanted to raise that, so I'm happy. Mm, mm. Well, I, I you know I don't know whether this links directly to gin, but alcohol would be involved. The name Karen. Mm. I, I want to talk about the name. I want to talk about the name Karen. Good. I'm happy about um, this. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd love you to sort of, the, what's the first thing that, that, that just instinctively comes to mind? Well, now, um, August mm. 2020, the first thing that instinctively comes to mind is, um, you know, the pain in the ass. Yeah. I, <laughs> I think it's the most, it's going to be looked back at one of the most profound movements. Yeah. Uh, in the 21st century, and and I'm actually being being serious. I know we were talking the other night about, you know, studies that would could occur um, reflect reflectively uh, around this time, and I think Karen should be one. Um, the Karen study. Yeah, I, I think it's if you look at I I was actually thinking about this about a week ago, mm. and the impact that that has had. And if you look at the me, say that look at the me too movement, Mm. you could say in terms of movements, pound for pound, that was a pretty successful movement because it it saw some, some people go to jail, some people shamed and, and it, it, for me, it did actually, I saw behavioral change like, like in society from that movement. Yeah. But then if you look at the BLM movement um, or sorry, the BL black lives matter as a concept, it, it, it is a broad concept, but I feel Karen has really been the thing that, that has, has, you know, achieved what, what we want to achieve or, or taking us on the right path. Are you, are you concerned that it's, it's a bit of a, it, it could have a, become a derogatory term and then a, a really negative impact um, on just on people that are called Karen <laughs> around the place? Well, Look, not. I think obviously it's going to impact the name Karen forever, like Hitler. I don't think you could name someone Karen from now, which is quite strange and quite chaotic. How Karen has the name Karen has is so maligned. But I think the Karen movement is is really helping the Black Lives Matter movement, but also it's plugging into the the pandemic movement or the issues with, with the, with entitlement in the pandemic, it's almost in that time crossed into both those areas. Mm. And I, I think it's, we're going to look back and, and say that the, the Karen movement was just as profound as me too, to actually uh, in a way have people check their behavior. Um, and you know, I, I have to be honest, my auntie is called Karen. Yeah. So I've I've actually been really struggling with this too. To you know, to I feel for her. Yeah. Um. As a as a Karen. Yeah. Um. But yet I do think it's it's so profound what it's done. Yeah. Um, I'd, I'd love to hear more of your thoughts. Oh, it's an interesting. You you've taken a really quite a serious take on it, and it's something I haven't really thought about. I would be one of the ones that see the memes across social media and sort of just have a chuckle and go, oh, yeah, without thinking too much about it. Um, I think you raise a fairly valid point. Um, whether or not it sits in that conversation with BLM or, or the Me Too thing, I'm not sure I'm with you on that. 
only because I haven't thought as deeply about that as yet. So um, that that's an interesting one. Having said that, yeah, there's the thing about um, that I do think about and I have thought about, um, not heavily, not intensely, but, you know, there is a bullying element of that um, and um, that's something that obviously society is trying to stamp out at the moment across all social media platforms. So I don't also think that it'll end here. I think it's become that thing now where whatever happens moving forward um, with if another thing arises, whatever it is, there'll be memes with Karen associated. Um, I just don't think we can – it'll be forgotten. Nothing gets forgotten anymore. It's, it's, it's the digital era. Nothing gets just forgotten. If something gets traction do you, do you and people – Do know how it started though? Do, no. Do, do you, well, I, I, I looked into the history of it. Yeah. And it started with this joke around or this meme around uh, the can I see the manager haircut? And it's, it's as in a woman who says in some business, can I see the manager? They have this haircut. Mm. And then that was the birth of the character of Karen. Right. And that happened a, f- a few years ago. Okay. Yeah. And then the, the, the white woman with that haircut, can I see the manager haircut? Then got then eventually took off as Karen. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then so, it plugged into these these entitlement issues with with white women of that age. Yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting. Very interesting point. I haven't thought that heavily into it. So, um, you know, that's that that will be interesting moving forward. I should say too, my brother's mother in law is Karen, and she's an absolute superhuman. So I I, I, I have thought about her a few times, but. Um, you know, I also think she's probably. Um, I'd like to think she's not overly concerned about it. I hope not. Um, but yeah, it'll get thrown around forever. That that's the one thing I sort of think I'm thinking about right now. That you raise it, I can't see it going away anytime soon. Well, in the future, like historians, there'll be meme hunters, like mind hunters, that will find the origin of memes, and you will understand the impact that they have. Yeah. Yeah. On society. Yeah. No, it's fair call, fair call. Great one, great one. Speaking of impacts on society, Matt, and it's a, it's actually, we've had a couple of really good segues here, which has been great. Um, I want to raise with you, and I'm going to, I'm going to say straight off the bat, I'm not a political expert and don't for a second try and understand or claim to understand um, the in- intricacies around politics abroad or, or even here for that matter, but I cannot get enough of thinking how the fuck Donald Trump is leading a nation. And that's not a new thought. Everyone thinks oh, he's, he's crazy, he's wild, nutcase, whatever. But I, I mean, I just, I, I thought the other day, I'm not sure, and in all seriousness, that he's stable. I don't think he's okay. And it, it's, it's concerning, and I, and I mean that from a point of view of obviously it's concerning for the United States and and, and the world in, in a lot of ways, but it's concerning for him and his family um, directly too. I, and, I'm, and I do mean that. I don't think he's okay. And that's just me. I'm certainly not, like I said, not only do I have no political background, I have no psychology degree either, but you, the stuff that this guy comes out with um, reminds me a lot of Kanye West. And he is in exactly the same boat in my mind. They, they, they're not, they're not okay to be making ma- major, major decisions on the behalf on behalf of the world. 
That is that's my problem. I don't have an issue with people that think outside. You know, think a bit differently. Um, you know, we all we all know people that have that brains work differently and they think differently. That's great. That's fine. Embrace it and creativity. Um, but but to lead a nation and arguably one of the most powerful nations in the world, I can't see how. I can't for the life of me think how. He got to that point. Are there no psychological exams mm. before you can even run for presidency, let alone, you know, enter the White House? I just, it just absolutely blows my mind. Yeah, look, I, I mean, I, I, I think it's something that that it it came out of nowhere, yet it it somehow spawned for whatever reason, and. It was a product of a, of a of a system that you could argue is the problem, not necessarily the individuals within the system. Mm. But when it came about, again, it was in a different context. It was, you know, America's the, the, the almost the most brash and greatest power in in terms of popular culture at that time. That was the show people wanted, and uh, it, there was a huge part of America that that was looking for something different and, and the term white lash was, was thrown around, um, you know, as to how he got in, but you, you know, it, it, you have a, a, a man who's people forget he's quite old. He's been, you know, the, the numero uno at at a company, a private company, then a public company for so long. And then a reality TV star. So hmm. he's used to sort of just being himself and doing what he wants. But then the, you know, the, the private sector business leader who probably still would have been as psychotic and crazy in there, but then you become a public servant. Hmm. He's not a servant, you know, he's taking business like the, the, the economics and that, you know, capitalism and the Simpsons almost parody of capitalism into a public yeah. forum yeah. That is America, unfortunately, it got it got, you know, be careful what you wish for is something I thought yeah. with that situation. Like we think we can do anything. We're the country that can have a reality TV star run the country. Yeah. Not a not a not a seasoned skilled politician. And then what happens at yeah. that time? A pandemic in a hundred years. And it's almost like the but that's the balance of the equation. Yeah. And it's you know, that's mother nature in a way sort of saying, Hey, you know check yourself before you wreck yourself. Yeah, yeah. Look, and, and and I should say too, look, this isn't groundbreaking. I'm just I'm just saying things that most people are thinking, but it just it just, you know, I don't know if you've seen the discussion or the interview with Jonathan Swan recently on the HBO. Yeah, yeah. You know, that that's if 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 someone like me who doesn't necessarily follow deeply um, politics in particular in the US, but for people that are listening that want to jump on YouTube and have a look at that. It, it, it'll blow your mind. It, I liken it to a conversation I have with my five-year-old. Seriously. Like it's a very similar conversation um, structure. Uh, and and that alone is, uh, you know, I don't know. For, it's mind-blowing. It is absolutely mind-blowing. Um, I'm all for doing things a bit differently, right? Like if, you know, the, the world's changing and evolving and it's it's a new world every day, right? So I don't have an issue with things like, you know, if the next president is a has been on TV and a, is, a, is a successful business owner or whatever and not necessarily a, 
a background. It's got to, to some degree, have some sort of idea. But but this is just next level, though. This is dangerously frightening um, that a guy yeah. that thinks the way he thinks is yeah. making the calls. It's just... But yeah. what's, the, what's the only thing that could could undo him, though, is something that he couldn't control, So, which is the pandemic, right? So you, you would... You would as the polls are saying, as is, is, you know, how he's handled it, you, you'd hope that that is is a lesson taught, you know. Mm. But if I would, if if he gets re-elected, then I would, uh, you know, hold little hope for for that country, mm. you know, maintaining its 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 power. Yeah. Um, but look, it doesn't really it it it, Im- it impacts the world because the media make it so but it doesn't really in my opinion sort of impact australia uh as much as we think it does we let it impact us more than what we think it does probably i mean there are elements financially where it can with things that he might do with trade in china and so forth that has flow-on impacts with with other countries but yeah look i mean it's 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 more an observation topic this one and, and just something that i'm just flabbergasted um to every time I see it, uh, you know, I mean, he's the he's the he's the punchline of every Tonight Show in America every night for the last year. Like, you know what I mean? It's and and don't get me wrong, yeah. don't get me wrong. Australian politicians are punchlines of many jokes in in Australia too, and that and that's just the way it is um, to some to some extent. But you know, it's it's becoming. I don't know. I, I just yeah. It's amazing how we we do make everything about one person though, and and. You, you know, when you work in a job and you have a boss that, you know, a, if you don't like that boss, and there's often times I've worked in companies where everyone thought the boss was just a fucking idiot, mm. but yet the company was successful because of the people within the company. Yeah. So it's almost like, you know, he just doesn't give any rec- recognition to anyone else but himself, but there's probably a lot of good people who are just trying to keep this thing ticking over yeah. as best as they can, sure. you know, and that's just the reality of it. But yeah. yeah, I mean, it's, it's crazy, but you know, when aliens land, uh, we, we won't be surprised. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's right. Bring him on. They might as well. Well, I've got something in the, it's staying in the TV space that, yeah, it's really been, it's kind of been troubling me a little bit. Okay. Um, Rove. Rove, I wasn't expecting that. It's no, something no. that's troubling. I've never found Rove to be troubling. Are you saying that, that he as a person is troubling you or? Oh, I, it's more the, it's really hard to to explain. It's it's almost like the Karen thing. It's, it's hard to pinpoint the crossroad that we're at with mm with um, satire and what was normal and popular. Mm. And it's like, you know, the name Karen was, was normal until a certain amount of time. But yet yeah, I'm, why I'm saying this is a, a mate of mine uh, sent me this, this Instagram of this, this group of, it's a page called the Pina Colada Boys. And it was, it's kind of like that as, uh, you know, the, the, there's a group on Instagram called the inspired unemployed. Yes. These guys yeah, are yeah. fantastic. Sydney. Yeah. And it's like, they've mixed like, um, you know, music and dance and a bit of Jim Carrey and like these really nostalgic things with also quite Seinfeld type observational mm. stuff. And it just all works. And yeah. I, I just re- relate. And then it's these guys, the Pina Colada boys have, they're a bit darker because they bring up stuff from like my, 
late teens, early twenties of what I was actually, you know, this is pre-social media and stuff and like main TV. And, and like, I look back at, at Rove and, and they did this video on Rove about sort of how unfunny he was. And it really shook me because I was actually, I would watch his show every, every Thursday mm. and, and Pete Helly would be on and, and it would be a live studio audience. It would be, you know, clapping and laughing and, 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 and I would watch it and mm. he was almost in the golden age of TV, mm. but I've really, I've really turned on him like these, oh. like these last few years where I just, I, I just, I just don't really, don't really like him. And then I read that he's on the same street as guy Sebastian and like their nightmare neighbors from hell, like on a current <laughs> affair. And, and I just hey, like, but hang on, but, but the world at his feet. And like, yeah. it's my fault that I liked it at the time. No, but why, I, hang I, on. why did I like it? Explain why you don't like him though. All of a sudden, because this is not it, like, he's, he's not, he's like, he tries too hard. I think I, no, but What's hang on. Really does he does he try too no. hard now, or does he try to? Did he try too hard back then? Because Look, I, I, I think oh. I, I'm nervous about. I, I'm a massive Rove fan. Yeah. Well, I, I think I think you've you're 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 going to have a, a a difficult time when you when you have that <laughs> epiphany and you wake up and like you realise that he he's some. It's it's like there was something a few years ago. He tried to start this show Rove LA. Yeah, and I was like. Oh, okay. He's giving it a, a go, but then I looked at it sort of objectively. I said, you, you know, you're trying to like what isn't just being Rove in Australia enough. You you need to do Rove LA and like crack into like the the like the late night talk show market in America, which is like probably the most competitive TV market in the world. Yeah, and and but like, why? But why and, not? But, why not? Because there gets to a point where. Like there's Roosevelt saying, you know, the man in the arena, you know, all credit. To, but there's a there's a time where you've spent too long in the arena. Like you just <laughs> you're just gonna get fucked up and die. And and unfortunately, I think he's he hasn't gracefully trans transitioned from, you know, someone in his early third. And all credit to success. All credit to whatever he, you know finances here. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about just my how I had Rove in in my life yeah. back then. But then how it's just how there's like a, a an unhealthy angst towards him now wow. that, that I didn't see coming. No. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure you're okay mm. about this. Um no, I no. And, yeah. have, here's my mm. view here's mm. my view on what you've just um smacked me in the face with really hard. Yeah, uh, and, me. Yeah, and my view on it is Rove Live finished years ago. And I loved it until the day it finished. I'm now not going to try and watch back and find something I don't like about it. It's a memory now. It's a, it was a great series, and it was an a it was a it was an introduction to the Pete Halliers of the world, Ryan Shelton, Carrie Bickmore. These yeah, amazing. I'm, I'm, dirty, I'm, I'm dirty on them too. Why? <laughs> because of this 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 Instagram page has awoken well, then you're something a that, I, that no, was there. You're a victim. You're a victim of social media now, mm. Matt. You, no, you, I'm not. I think you are. I think no, you've let yourself just, in. And this you... is the new type of comedy that is is it. I was laughing, but then the the days after, I was like, I'm laughing at something that I was a fan of. But and I'm, I'm really, I need to reconcile that. Comedy's changed though, and comedy changes all the time. And yes, there yeah. are there is comedy that is everlasting, and you know, you think of the likes of stand up comedians like. Eddie Murphy and those sort of things when you look back at some of his videos and tapes and whatnot. 
but you've got to also understand that that Ro- that that Rove had everyone in stitches every night. Every night his show was on, right? And and not just laughing, but entertained. And you know, it was great. And then the comics he had writing and doing segments, it was all good. To look back on it now and judge it is a weird thing for me. I don't know why he would do that. It's a different time. Like yeah. how long since it's been on? It's been over what fifteen years. Yeah, but I've seen him try and fail and try and fail before okay. my eyes over the last few years. Well, that's different. You know, he just so did you... something with Judith, Judith Lucy, like last year, and I was, oh my goodness, jeez, yeah. yeah, it was like the opposite, you know. Okay, yeah. Look, I, I'm I'm not sure I can help you. All I will say is I think ease up on the Rove Lives career because that was a success, and don't worry about yeah. what it looks like to you now. I mean, does Sesame Street entertain you now because i'm sure uh, as shit it did when you were a toddler do you know well, what i mean it, but it, 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 it's still it's still sesame street it's still it's still itself you know I, but I you're think, not going to sit there on a thursday night and watch reruns yeah but it's not trying to be something that it's not and i think that's <laughs> that's the problem is that understand your limits and uh, yeah. but look yeah i i i know what you mean um <laughs> I, I think it, it could be a, a, a symptom of the lockdown, but Maybe. with that said, um, yeah, uh, uh, I'd love to see some some new, you know, talent in in Australia as well. Like, but but you know, that's another issue. I but, think I think the I think um, I think there is. I think it's a tricky time. Um, I, I personally, I personally would love to see a late night show in Australia. I think it's, I yeah. think it's, there's still room for it now. Obviously, um, TV is a different landscape than it was 20 years ago or, or whatever, but I would love to see a, someone pioneer a, a late night show that was more of a commercial. I know, everything I know there's is, a couple Everything of- is cyclical. Everything is cyclical. Because look at the, the number one rating thing in Australia right now is live sport, all the news. Mm. It's all live. Mm. I think you're right. Like a hey, hey, it's Saturday. Oh, hey, hey, it's Saturday. Something like that. Look, surely yeah. you don't look back and have bad memories of Daryl Summers and and, uh, and Dickie Knee. Yeah, well, Daryl, <laughs> in, in my opinion, Daryl gracefully, like, yeah, sure, he had some issues with, with other things. and the, but No, but, but don't he, worry about that. Worry he, about the he show. He knew that was his... His glory, he knew he was his glory period. And, the, the, you know, that, that I thought in, in the scheme of, of, of exits, mm. that, was, that was, you know, that was right. Mm. Yeah. I, I still feel like you're being harsh on Rove, but I'm not going to keep going on you because you've brought that up and that's, that's fair enough. And do you know what, Matt? It's, it's 30-ish. It's 30-ish. So we're going to wrap it up. Yeah. I think that's great. Yeah. Good start. Yeah. Well done. Thanks okay. for playing. <laughs> yeah, and I don't change my position on Rove. <laughs> okay. Okay, that, and that's okay. You don't have to. I'm not going to force you. It is okay. It is okay. There will be there will be more. There will be more entertainers in Australia for you to get your fix. That's okay. 